Yes, sir. Welcome to another episode slash chapter of the podcast. Here, M, out. I'm your host, Elijah Mendez, a.k.a. Eli, a.k.a. The Prophet, period, underscore, on Instagram. Follow the podcast at here, p- underscore, E, period, M, period, out, on Instagram for all the updates on the podcast. I'm here to present to you chapter 13 of the pod. Chapter 13 will be the lucky one. We're calling this episode the lucky one because the Giants got themselves a lucky one when it came to their GM. As we will discuss the Giants' new GM that they hired, Joe Shane. And what's the next steps of this? What does it mean for the head coach? Uh, We talked about a little bit with my dad and my brother last week on the pod. I'll go a little bit more in depth and give you my own personal opinions on that. So we'll get into that. The NFL playoffs are here. Bengals and 49ers get big wins and move on to the NFL conference finals for their respective conferences, which is great. Um, NFL playoff games today, currently Rams and Tampa Bay is on right now. Tampa Bay down by 14 right now. We'll discuss that. We'll discuss the Knicks. New York, are we here? Because it doesn't seem like it as they lost three straight, but they did come off a victory today on a 1 o'clock game against the Clippers. Knicks usually don't do good on these matinee games, but they did well today. Big game from R.J. Barrett. We'll also get dabble into the NBA. Just a little update how, how I feel about you know, each NBA team, their chances to win the championship, favorites, you know, who's who's expected to go down, who's expected to come up in their respective conferences. Yeezy and Jordan collab? Question mark? Who knows? Yeezy posted a Jordan picture on his Instagram. You know what that could mean? The forbidden door could be open. I'll discuss a little bit about Enter the Vault. Uh, shout out to my man, Sean Yates. Uh, hooking me up with the Alive since 1997 hoodie. I'll discuss that a little bit more. League Fit of the Week. We'll go over to a new segment called Catalog Corner. I'll discuss what will be going on with that. We'll talk about the new Kanye West song and a little bit more about the weekend album. But there's so much more as well. So much more for you guys. Because I always want to provide you guys with the best and the most when it comes to this podcast. Today we're sipping on some Montauk Cold Date IPA. Shout out to Montauk. I've, you know, drinking their beers a little while now. Great place to go visit in Long Island at the tip of Long Island. Used to go there when I was younger with my grandparents. I would love to go back soon at some point. But Montauk, great beer, great place to visit, great vacation spot. Uh, We got so much to get into. But we like to start off these podcasts with the words of wisdom. And the words of wisdom I have for this week come from an individual by the name of Yohansi Salamu. I apologize if I'm pronouncing the last name or the first name incorrect. Uh, But the words kind of hit me, you know, right in the heart here. When they stated, success is personal. So stop comparing your apples to their oranges. Everyone's success is different. Everyone celebrates success differently. Nowadays, everyone likes to celebrate success by posting it all over social media. But if you're just grinding, keeping it low key, and yes, you're not, you know, they, they get their praises. You see people our age now, I'm about to turn 25 this year, a QC quarter century year for me and a lot of my friends. It's crazy how time flies. And now you see everyone is getting pregnant, having babies. Closing down on houses, moving out of their parents' house. It's great. And I'm happy to see everyone doing that. But people shouldn't compare their successes to other. Just because you're a little behind when it comes to moving out, you know, finding the significant other you want to spend, you know, a long time with, the rest of your life hopefully with, doesn't mean you're a failure, okay? Does not mean you're a failure. Everybody wins the race at their own speed. Don't rush it and don't take it too slow. But, again, don't compare 
your success to someone else's because you guys are on two different timelines and it's okay. And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand that. And that's something I had to deal with too. Seeing people closing on houses, having kids, you know, like getting engaged, getting married. It's great. It's amazing. Shout out to my cousin Frankie for uh, being proposed to. She's uh, officially a wife. Uh, congratulations to her. But, you know, everybody's on their own timeline. And things come to others at different ages than it would for you. So I think a lot of people need to understand that. So the words of wisdom are great. Um, and it kind of relates to this episode of the pod. Because, you know, for the Giants, they shouldn't be comparing their success to the Jets or to their division rivals, the Cowboys. Cowboys have made the playoffs consecutively. You know, they, they've done a good job of staying relevant the past decade or so. Like, don't compare your success. The Giants just need to get the right people in place in order to have some moniker of success that the Cowboys have had. Well, you know what the saying is, slow and steady wins the race. It seems like the Giants are definitely going slow. Um, But, yeah, like I said, there's just so much to get into this week. I appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode slash chapter. And I want to have you guys waiting. Let's get on to the fashion part of the podcast in three, two, one. So we start off the podcast with fashion. We didn't discuss fashion yesterday. I wanted to focus more on sports because there was just so much going on. And it would be very interesting to, uh, to get my dad back on the pod to discuss fashion for him growing up. Because I think it would be a very interesting story slash timeline to see how fashion has grown, how fashion is the same, or how fashion has evolved. Ejemplo or example would be the fanny pack. You see a lot of people rocking fanny packs now. But back then, people used to rock fanny packs on the waist. Us guys, we don't do that no more. You rock the fanny pack on the shoulders, you know, on the chest. So that's a little bit of difference. So I would like to dabble and see what my dad would think about fashion. Um, when he was growing up, but fashion for this week, first thing I wanted to get into is my man, Sean Yates, man. Shout out to him, young creator of, of podcasting, you know, we enter the vault, great podcast about motivational speaking, you know, discussing his stories and relating them to personal choices and helping people out who are in need. He's got an amazing story. You know, uh, I've, I've grew up with with Sean. You know, he's he's you know my consider him a brother at this point. Um, see the journey he's came along to, and you know, and being who he is now, a really happy content creator who's creating content not only for himself but for others, just to see his story and be motivated by it. Uh, now he's creating clothing, which is amazing. He got his first press. So now he's making, you know, his own designs on his clothing. So he's he's on his way up. And, um, you know, I know he looks to me as motivation. And uh, he looks to me for, you know, advice and how to do things and fashion and all that. But, you know, I look up to him, too, when it comes to his content and what he's creating out there. He's He's going down different avenues trying to explore and see what's correct what's right for him, what he feels comfortable with, but also presenting his ideas to the world. And I think they're different. And that's one thing about being in this type of business of, well, it's not really a business because we're not really making money from it, but Sean is to an extent. Uh, but this idea of being into this content creation, you know, there's so many people doing it nowadays from YouTube to clothing, to music, to podcasting, to et cetera. So you have to be different when it comes to these things. You know, you got to be knowledgeable. You got to be passionate. You got to work hard. You got to be determined. And you got to have uh, patience. Because for this type of thing, it's not easy to just, you make a podcast and then boom, you got 50 to 100 people listening to your podcast. Or boom, you got hundreds of people watching your videos. It just don't work like that. You got to put in the hard work and be patient. Because this these things take time. You know, and I think with 
how this podcast is working with Hear Him Out. This has been going on for about a year plus now. Uh, Sean is doing the same thing with the Enter the Vault podcast, and he's just improving as time has gone on. And, and me too. I've gotten way more comfortable behind the mic than ever, like to the extent where I'm I'm starting to go along with the process of creating videos now. Because visualization is everything. We want to be entertained not only with our ears, but also with our eyes. So, you know, I really appreciate everything Sean has done because he's, he's, I've used him as motivation at the end of the day. Uh, entered the vault clothing. He's, he's created some great pieces. I just had a hoodie alive since 1997. Go check it out on Enter the Vault um, on Instagram. You'll find it there. He's got some nice clothing pieces that are out. And he, he's got some custom pieces he'll be able to make for people. Uh, solid all brown hoodie. Light brown uh, coffee with milk coloring. Alive since 1997, man. That's the year of the greats. Years of the goats. Turning to QC this this uh, this year, man. It's crazy how time flies. But I appreciate him. Um, I, you know, I was rocking that yesterday with my uh, Yeezy 700s, the Black Azales Fire colorway, uh, with some uh, some camo pants from Minimal. Uh, shout out my man Richie Lee. I heard he he has some issues with Minimal. I want to hear the story. He's one of my favorite YouTubers, but he hasn't yet to expose what happened with Minimal. I would like to know that. But Minimal has been nothing but good for me. I got some great jeans. I haven't even rocked yet from them. I'm waiting for the right time. Um, but you know, Minimal has done a great job with their clothing, bringing streetwear and, uh, you know, fast fashion kind of together in one, it's come out with some real solid looks and it's one of my favorite uh, brands right now, uh, along with the Zara's of the world, the urban outfitters and, you know, plenty more. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to him and all the small businesses out there. Bando, another one, uh, with the guy, Joey Rubino, he's done a great job with Bando and, you know getting his pieces out there to a lot of celebrities. Chris Brown is seen rocking it um, with along with a couple others, Dave East's of the world as well. Um, but, you know, they've done a great job. They've done pieces that are different. You know, it's not the same lettering, same print. It's different ideas that have really come out and been real solid. So my small businesses out there, the, uh, my friends and close acquaintances, you know, people that I know of that are have small businesses, keep grinding and don't give up because, Time is going to come for you guys as long as you guys have the passion, the patience, the determination to make it happen. It will happen. Um, so, yeah. So that leads me to my next point here uh, about a content creator who has been the top content creator most likely in the past couple years in uh, Kanye West, better known as Ye now, as he likes to call himself. Take a little drink break. He posted a picture on Instagram with the Jordan brand symbol. And people are analyzing it, trying to figure out, is Kanye coming out with a collab with Jordan? Is the forbidden door being opened? You never see that. The guy is signed to Adidas. He still has Yeezys coming out almost every week at this point, from slides to foam runners to 700s to boots to 350s, and the list goes on and on and on. But the man posted a picture of Jordan. You know, I'll discuss a little bit more Kanye in the music section of the pod, too. But it looks like things are kind of looking up for Kanye. Ever since that beef with Drake has kind of ended, uh, you know, he's he's on to better things. Uh, I've seen collabing with other artists in the business. You know, the ASAP Rockies, the DJ Khaled's, um, him and Drake. You know, Kanye's been out here, you know, making amends, collabing with other artists. Uh, not even just in the in the music world. He's, he was seen with Floyd Mayweather and Antonio Brown, the controversial Antonio Brown. Oh, excuse me. I apologize. The controversial Antonio Brown, Madonna, his girlfriend, Julia Fox. You know, Kanye is just out here, you know, doing his thing, man. Uh, you, you know he still feels some type of way about what happened with Kim. She's out here with Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson who? Like they said in the song, Easy. Um... But, uh, you know, Kanye, if if he collabs with Jordan, you got to figure the, the Air Yeezys has got to come back, man, in some sort of way or fashion. At this point, if he's going to collab with Jordan, I don't know what this means. It's like Kanye trying to 
introduce like a collaboration, the Forbidden Door, which is kind of something that's happening with WWE right now. Uh, kind of similar where they're opening the Forbidden Door of collabing with other wrestling organizations with Mickey James projected to be in the Rory Rumble this year for 2022 when she signed with Impact Wrestling. So it's just crazy to see. It's just crazy to see. The forbidden doors being opened. Um, and it's very interesting to see what, what Kanye does ultimately with this Jordan collab. Is he going to come out with a new shoe with Jordan? Is is he going to just redo the Yeezys? Or, you know, what what's going to happen when it comes to that? What's going to happen? I'm looking forward to it. You know, Gap Yeezy line has did a restock with their hoodies. Still not a greatest fan. Sean got himself a hoodie. Uh, I want I want him to let me know his opinion on that. But, uh, you know, I'm still not a huge Gap Yeezy guy. I need to see more pieces than what has been shown with these big bubble jackets that kind of look like trash bags or blue trash bag, red trash bag, or black trash bag. And I'm still not, you know, really feeling them yet. I need to see more. Uh but you know, let's see. I think a gap is gonna be an easy. And then I told you about the Balenciaga collab that's coming soon too. Um Kanye's clearly making big moves out here. Um, so you know, nothing but props to him. And uh, let's see what happens. Let's see. But let's get into the league fit of the week. So the league fit of the week is gonna be something that I never really like to dabble in when it comes to league fits because you know me i like i tell you guys i like the basic fits but my man jordan clarkson came out wilding with his fit man and it just worked the colors just worked perfectly in my opinion so clarkson had on uh seems like some gucci slacks he had the Travis Scott dunks. This is probably like a, I would say, what, an $8,000 outfit? Maybe even more? So you got Gucci slacks on. A pair of the Travis Scott dunks. He's got like a satchel bag. Like it's like knit fire. I really like, that's probably my favorite piece of this outfit, the bag. Uh, he's got the Yankee Supreme collab jacket on. He's got the North Face Gucci bucket hat, uh, a couple chains layered, and, you know, a, a ring or two on his fingers. Real calm fit. Like, you know, I know it's like it's very loud with the pieces, the Supreme, the Gucci, like all these Nike, you know, you have all these brands, you know, clashing into one outfit, but it works, honestly. The colors work great. Um, it's 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 loud but subtle at the same time in my opinion yeah the patches on the yankee supreme jacket is sometimes a lot but you know he i don't know it's very subtle to me to an extent like a like i i really like i like i would rock a fit like that if i had money like that i don't so i can't really say but that statue is fire i would want to know where he got the statue from but really like the outfit and jordan clocks is one of known as one of the most uh well-dressed nba players out there but just wanted to give a quick shout out to that outfit, man. It was really solid. Uh, I didn't know Gucci came out with these slacks. It, it, it's like a, you know, it's not it's not a tight fit. It's a loose fit. Uh, I, I fuck with it. I mess with it. But um, yeah, that's what I have right now as regards to the fashion industry. There'll be more coming uh, next podcast. But we got to get on to the music part of the pod. All right, so we're on to the music section of the podcast. Uh, I want to get this started with just the fact that uh, The Weeknd's album, I don't know I mentioned it on the pod previously, Dawn FM, probably one of the most solid albums you're going to have this year, man. And you felt like this was like a spontaneous album because you didn't really hear much about it. Until like the week before. And the weekend was like, oh yeah, I'm dropping an album, by the way. And you're like, holy crap. Like, I didn't expect this coming. You know, after hours came, the whole tour got canceled, you know, because of COVID and all that. It's just like, oh man, you know. Well, you know, what's going to happen now? Apparently, 
the weekend is came out or was working on some music and Don FM, the way it transitions, the songs on it, really solid album that connects to different situations and relationships that you have been through or will go through, you know, like, uh, you know, when it comes to various things, you know, I heard you're married, <laughs> pretty much meaning that girl that you was really feeling at one point and she's on to marry someone else less than zero. You can't, you, there's something on your mind that you can't, you know, like you've been trying to hide, but you ultimately can't because your girl knows you more than anyone. Uh, is there someone else? Because, you know, things haven't been right, you know, so you're trying to figure out if there's something off, uh, out of time. You know, pretty much when you, you think it's too late to get that girl, um, you know, because she's moved on to something better, she thinks. Uh, it's, it's a real solid album. I just wanted to give props to The weekend, props to Jim Carrey, props to the production, everybody that was involved in the album, because it's going to be one of the most solid albums of the year, and I have zero doubts about that. I know in a couple months, you know, music nowadays is just like you hear it, a couple weeks you're like, all right, I'm over this. Let's move on to the next top song. Or I'm over this. When's the next artist coming out with an album? Where's Kendrick Lamar's album? Where's Travis Scott's album? You know? Uh, so it's just, you know, I think we should appreciate the work that gets put into these albums. And I think The Weeknd did a really great job. Some albums feel rushed. And then there's some albums that you can hear the work that was put in. And I think The Weeknd did that with this album right here. So shout out to him. Another song that came out was The Game, who sneak peeked a song called Easy with him, and he got Kanye to spit a verse on it. I just wanted to go over a couple of the lyrics that Kanye had wrote, uh, spoke about on the song. I thought it was really interesting. I haven't heard a song from The Game in a while. You know, he's, he's out here doing his own thing. One of those, you know, OGs um, who've, you know, have made their impact on the game already. It's kind of like, you know, with 50 Cent releasing a song. You know, it's just, you know, it. it's great to see these old artists come out with something. But, you know, the, the times have kind of changed with them. And But, you know, I, I really thought it was a solid album. And a lot was said. It was just interesting to see. So the first thing I, I remember that he said, I'm going to start it from... I watch four kids for like five hours a day. I wear these Yeezy boots everywhere, even in the shower today. I got love for the nannies, but real family is better. The cameras watch the kids. Y'all stop taking the credit. Non-custodial dad, I brought the house next door. What you think the point of being of really being rich for when you give them everything, they only want more. It's very interesting to see like, like, is he taking shots at, at, you know, how his kid's a lifestyle is? Because at the end of the day, he feels like his kid should grow up not in that rich lifestyle, which I agree with. Just because you, you made it don't mean the kids make it, you know? Like, yes, you want to help them out to the best of your abilities, but you want your kids to take their own path, not just uh, rely on you. So I agree with that with Kanye. Uh, when you give them everything, they only want more bougie and unruly. Y'all need to do some chores. Kind of just a shot at the fact that these kids, you know, kind of grew up spoiled. And, you know, and, and can you blame them? Look where he come from. Kardashian and the West. You know, two of the biggest figures out there and have been out there for so long. Rich ass kids, they ain't your mama house. Climb on your brother's shoulders. Get that top ramen out. Whoo! That was the bar of the song, honestly. I thought that was fire. Because um, everyone, you know what? Like, let's 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 slow down. When y'all in my house, this is what Kanye's saying. When y'all in my house, you're not getting this bougie lifestyle without you when you're in your mama house. When you here, y'all gonna work for everything y'all can get. Get some chores done, you know. Go, you know, don't expect some cook to make y'all some extravagant lunch. Like go out there, do some chores. Go grab that top ramen or that mac and cheese cup in the dress in in the countertops, and and make that you know. So you gotta give him props. 
Uh, clearly, he was also feeling the type of way about what happened with Pete Davidson because he said, God, save me from that crash just so I can beat Pete Davidson's ass. Who? And my new bitch bad. I know Illuminati mad. This that new Minyati bitch. This that two Bugatti rich. This that God did this. Only God did this. So Kanye back on his shit, man. I don't know. In my opinion, Kanye back on it. This is what I like. Is more like. I don't know if the Kim Kardashian breakup kind of irked him or it got him feeling some type of way, but Kanye got to get his props, man, for this song. Real solid. Did a great job. The lyrics is about his real life, what he's facing. The fact that he might not be on stable ground with his uh, his ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, at this point. Uh, she's still rocking Yeezys, though. I'll tell you that. She's still rocking Yeezys. And, you know, I'm I'm not the type to pick sides here. You know, they, they're going through Because you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, you know? You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So you don't really know the full story. You just hear the story that the, the, these two are willing to tell to the media and others. But I thought it was a solid song, man. And you definitely feel the heart coming out with Kanye's lyrics on this one. So the next thing I wanted to get to in the pod is what we call Catalog Corner. It's a new segment I wanted to bring to you guys, uh, something different uh, to discuss when it comes to the music aspect of the podcast, where I'll be describing the favorite song, underrated song, best album, what makes this artist special. In my opinion, of course, this is not stats. This is not. This is just purely in my opinion. So I don't want to hear, oh, yeah, this is another song that's way better than this. I don't need to hear all that, man. This is in my opinion, okay? It's my podcast. I'll state what I feel like I feel is right, you know? But the first person I want to start off with is Jay-Z, an icon, a Brooklyn icon at that. Rap icon would, would go down in the hip-hop hall of fame. Real big. He's created his own label now, Rock Nation. Owned the part of the Brooklyn Nets, doing his own thing, man. You know, bringing people together for his own parties, bringing creators together. He's he's a great iconic individual. They show that you can make it from the ground up. Uh, I don't want to start off what makes him special. I think Jay Z. What makes him special is the fact that he was able to break out of this New York bubble. Like, there's artists in New York that you think they really make it. But ultimately, are they really good to the extent where people in Idaho, Montana, Alabama, Florida, even California are hearing them? Or is it just purely New York? So it's like Jay-Z broke that barrier and he was one of just the top artists out there, regardless where he was from. He was, You know, he's from New York, from Brooklyn, from Marcy area. The man wrote his own story. Kind of like how Biggie did it, you know, where he grew up in a neighborhood that was tough, rough, you know, didn't grow up with anything close to nothing. And he he took advantage of his opportunities to move this way up to be one of the top successful rappers in our history. So what makes Jay-Z special? I, I think it's the collaboration of his production that he has in his songs to his rap lyrics. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten more... He's gotten more intelligent as obvious as that's very obvious, but he's used that in his lyrics. You know, like if you go back to hear 444, you'll hear that in a lot of his songs. Um, I thought real solid, you know, album when it came out. And yes, that mean uh, JC's past his prime. You know, he should stick to back to where he was at, you know, like let these new artists come along. But you got to give Jay-Z his props, man. Like, he, you see him on the low-key side, got one of the best-looking women in the industry right by his side, you know, and they, they're a power couple, man. Everyone looks up to them. And, yes, Jay-Z has gone through his issues, but, you know, what what he did with the sister and, you know, what cheating on Beyonce was not – that was not cool for what he did. Um, but, you know, they eventually worked it out. So you can't really say anything anymore. They're still together at the end of the day. But, you know, their relationship is something that people really look up to because it's a power couple, two people that are know how it is for each other. And they've built on each other's successes and they've, 
you know, created this industry, you know, and this this company slash marketplace called Rock Nation, where they've had built other artists up and bring them to the potential that they have. And you see a lot of people referencing Jay-Z at this, you know, as an artist and saying how much of a big influence he has been. And I'm hoping to see more of that pure lyricism come back to rap, where it's just not just gibberish, like, I'm in on a block selling crack. Like, nobody want to hear that anymore, man. Like, okay, cool, you sell drugs, you shoot guns, that's cool, man. But, like, you know, like, I want to hear more, like, shit, you know, like, shit you've been through that, really, you know, like, that can really, is real boss. And I feel like rappers kind of swayed away from that a little bit. And it's nice to see that being bring, brought back a little bit with a couple of the artists out there. So that's what makes, I think, Jay-Z special. My favorite song by Jay-Z uh, will always be Big Pimpin'. Uh, I just think the production on it was past its time with the... Dun, 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 like, it's just real solid production, man. Um, I think Jay-Z was just... You know, just feeling it, man. Just talking about his life, how he big pimping. That that's my favorite song, and I'll bump that, you know, for my kids when you know when I eventually have kids. So big pimping definitely one of my favorite songs of all time. One of his most underrated songs, I think Venus versus Mars. I don't know, a lot of people are gonna be like, What? Venus versus Mars? I think it's a real solid song, and I really liked it off the blueprint three. Um, you know, a lot of people would be like, Oh, what about Bonnie and Clyde? Uh, what about front and like yo, those are solid songs. Uh story of OJ, Otis, like you know, like those are songs that I I know are good. But not a lot of people really heard Venus and Mars from the blueprint. And I think the beat and the female vocals on it, it's just um the, the what he's able to compare and contrast two things. I thought it was a really solid song and one of my most underrated songs that Jay-Z ever came out with. Um, and then as it regards to the album, my favorite album, in my opinion, would be the Black Album. Black Album is one of the greatest albums that he's ever came out from. From Encore, from Change Clothes, Dirt Off the Shoulders, 99 Problems, Lucifer, you know, Allure. He's just, he did a great job with this album. No no features, nothing. Um, you got to give him props. Yes, all of his blueprints are iconic, but in my opinion, one of my favorite albums of all time is the Black Album. And, you know, it, it really showed Jay-Z as just one of the top artists in the game with the way he was doing it in the Black Album. So that's Catalog Corner, man. I, I want to do this maybe every week, every two weeks, determining on what I hear from the fans out there. Do you guys enjoy it? Do you guys want to see more in Catalog Corner? Is there something I'm missing out on? Um, but I want to do this with different artists from the Jay-Z's, the Kanye's, the Lil Babies, the Drake's, the Lil Wayne's, you know, where there's so many artists out there that I just want to go over that I think are great individual artists who don't really get the props that they deserve for being different. And that's what makes them long lasting in this business. And you see how that's occurring with Tom Brady, who's literally... 43, 40, 43 to 45 years old, still playing quarterback for a playoff team. So, you know, is Jay-Z Tom Brady? <laughs> They're damn near close, but I don't know, man. They're both legends in my book. But speaking of legends um, and speaking of Tom Brady, we'll move on to the sports section of the pod. All right, so we are on to the sports section of the podcast. Um, I wanted to begin with the uh, the New York Giants. They got themselves a new GM. Joe Shane, the assistant GM from Buffalo, has worked with uh, Carolina before and I believe Miami as well. Uh, the guy has you know moved his way up um, as an assistant ticket. Um, remember, I, I don't remember the exact position, but uh, he's moved his way up and now he is the official new GM. Um, for the New York Giants, he has a Bill Parcells connection. They said he's a really good college scout. You know, he does a great job scouting players, which would be extremely beneficial for the Giants because they do have five picks in the top 80. So let's see if they're really able to take that into an advantage. 
Uh, so what does it mean for the head coach now? I mean, Giants got themselves a GM. Now they're in the head coaching search. You know, the Brian Flores' names have came up, the Brian Dables, the Leslie Fla- Frazier. Uh, they just interviewed the Bengals, D.C. I'll get you guys the name in a minute. But uh, what's what's going on with that? Um, let's see, you know, what, what happens now as regards to the Giants. Um, it should be very interesting to see. I think that, you know, that the, now that they have a GM in place, especially someone outside the organization, you definitely feel like the Giants are going, uh, taking a step in a different direction, you know, coming into the new decade of football where a lot of it is offense. If you guys don't score points, you're not going to really do anything, unfortunately, in the NFL. We saw that in the playoffs. I'll discuss it a little bit more. But in my opinion, the Giants need to go for an offensive mind, the coach, because like that has brought up several times on Twitter by Renan's, by my brother Jacob, is the fact that if you hire a defensive-minded coach, it's more likely that let's say you bring in a good OC. Let's say you bring in a Joe Brady or uh, I don't know. Uh, you know how Tampa Bay found Brian left, which you should, let's see if you bring that esque type of offensive coordinator. If your offense is top notch. That offensive coordinator could disappear and be gone. And next thing you know, you're finding another one. But if you have an offensive minded coach, you know that that person will not be gone. Yes, defensive minded coaches do get picked up too, but. The NFL nowadays is all about offense, and I believe that if you want a true offensive mind, hire them as your head coach because you know you can't lose them, i.e. why Brian Dable is the first selection in my opinion, and it seems like it might be Joe Shane's first option here as he was the first interview for Joe Shane for the head coaching position for the Giants. It was Dable. You see what he's done with that offense, scoring eight consecutive touchdowns on the on the Patriots without a field goal attempt, without the punt. Crazy. You never heard of that at all. And to do that against a Bill Belichick-led defense is just shocking and something worth paying attention to. I think Dable is going to be a coach uh, this year for the next year. I don't know if it's going to be for the Giants, but I definitely think someone will hire him. I hope it's the Giants at this point. I just think he's a front runner. You heard about Brian Flores. Uh, there's a lot of controversy about him. He's had about four OCs in three years. So what's the problem with that? Um, he has. He came from the Bill Belichick tree, which hasn't been a good tree to come from. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of controversy. He didn't work well with his quarterback. He was butting heads with the general manager. Is he really a good led choice? He's also a black coach as well, so that would bring a little bit of diversity to the Giants organization. You don't really see that, um, you know, since um, Jerry Reese's, you know, who's um, a black-led or minority-led um, general manager. So it would be nice to see, you know, someone of color come in, especially since people of color made such an impact on this game that there should be more of them as head coaches. So Brian Floyds is from the area. He's from Brooklyn, from Brownsville, from tough Brownsville. My dad's also from Brownsville. So, you know, he knows how tough it is. And the guy, you know, he's going to be – you need someone who's going to not be scared of the lights of New York because the media can be so tough on the coaches. And, you know, you need to have a tough-minded, been-there-done-that type of guy running the show. And Brian Flores does have that mentality is he a great head coach? No one's, you know, there hasn't been officially anywhere on that. I mean, he led a somewhat turnaround in the Miami Dolphins where they've been competitive and they were competitive all this year throughout um, with lack of real quarterback play, but the offense was not the greatest. Brian Flores comes from a more defensive background. I'm missing. I wouldn't mind the Brian Flores hire because you hear everyone talk so highly of him from players, executive, executives, media personnel. So having that good relationship, you know, with coach, you know, and players and coach and media members and executives is always a great beneficial thing. I mean, but then again, you look at the Sean McVay's, the Kyle Shanahan's, the Matt LaFleur's, nobody really heard about them. And you see how big their teams have been playing. All three of them look like they're going to be in the conference finals if the Rams win this game uh, up 20 to three against Tampa Bay at this time. 
Uh, but definitely would like to see, you know, someone uh, offensive minded come in here. I heard Doug Peterson's name uh, floating around as well. Um, but, you know, let's see what, what direction the Giants go in ultimately. Uh, I prefer them to go in the direction of an offensive minded coach. And hopefully that happens. We'll see that over time. Um, as, uh, you know, as time flies, I would, I presume they would have a head coach probably by the end of this week coming up. Cause then they got to focus on, uh, the senior bowl and the combine coming up. Um, so it should be interesting to see where, you know, when the, the head coach eventually does get hired, you know, a lot of people are going to be all oh, great decision by the giants. You don't really know that until you know how. How are they working? Is John Mara having his hand in a lot of the decisions this team makes and the decisions that Shane wants to make? Is is Mara like, oh, no, I don't believe we should do that? Or is Chris Mara like that as well? Uh, we'll have to see. Is Chris Mara more of the puppet for John Mara? He's, you know, he's he's um, providing to the GM what John is saying. We don't really know because we're not really in the Giants' wheelhouse, even though I wish, you know, because as a Giants fan, it would be one of my dreams of mine. But you not really know you don't really know what's going on when it comes to that. So I'm very curious to see what the Giants go as in regards to head coach. Uh, definitely think offensive minded head coach should be the, the plan that you, they should be making for the NFL playoffs. Though for the teams that are actually in it, the Cincinnati Bengals pulled off a shocker in Tennessee, beating the Tennessee Titans. Great victory for the Bengals. I mean, you got to give these team props. Joe Burrow has missed a clutch, man. Ever since he was in LSU, he was just, you know, he's been unstoppable. They won 19 to 16 yesterday. Joe Burrow threw for 350 yards almost. Didn't throw a touchdown pass and one interception, but he played an overall solid game. Joe Mixon did what he had to do. You know, Jamar Chase had over 100 yards receiving with T. Higgins not too far behind at 96 yards. Bengals defense played extremely well. Look at Logan Wilson, mid-round per, uh, pick, linebacker. I think someone that, you know, I, I think a position the Giants need to focus on inside, outside linebacker. They need players that can move around the field, and they just haven't did that with this uh, regimen. Jesse Bates, another solid game. This defense is very underrated for Cincinnati, and they took advantage of this Titans offense being kind of inept where it's just, you know, just running. They rely on Derrick Henry to do a lot of the heavy lifting. And, you know, he, he was he was just coming off a big injury and he couldn't make a real impact. Yes, he did score a touchdown in this game, ran for about 62 yards. A.J. Brown had over 140 yards receiving. But again, it's just, you know, it it wasn't enough for this uh, Titans team. They didn't have enough offense going. Yes, the defense held the Bengals to 19 points, but that's not doing enough here. Uh, Jefferson Simmons played a great game. Zach Cunningham, you know, the former Texan played a great game with eight tackles. Uh, Amani Hooker had an interception and four tackles. Uh, but, you know, again, Bengals, you got to give them props. They, they shut down at the number one seed in the AFC, and they're moving on to the conference final to play either Kansas City or Buffalo, which should be very interesting to see uh, this high-powered offense. They just beat Kansas City, so it should be interesting to see if Kansas City can, um, you know, if they do end up making it against the Bengals, it should be a really great conference matchup. Uh, the other game that was on yesterday was the San Francisco 49ers beating the Green Bay Packers 13 to 10. Uh, I don't know what happens with the Green Bay Packers when they make the playoffs, unfortunately. Um, they, I don't know what happens. Like Aaron Rodgers had an okay game, 20 of 29 for 225 yards, didn't throw a touchdown. AJ Dillon ran for one. Uh, Aaron Jones had over 120 yards receiving. Devontae Adams had, uh, you know, almost 10 yards of catch. And the defense played okay, but you know it just wasn't it wasn't a great showing by this Green Bay Packers team. And San Francisco took advantage. Garoppolo, you know, through the run game, through their defense, was able to go into Green Bay and win. And a lot of teams have done that. Green Bay is a real solid regular season team, and then when it comes to the playoffs, they flop. I don't know if this is Aaron Rodgers' last year with Green Bay. Is he going to retire? Is he going to decide to go to a different team? Maybe Denver, Pittsburgh, New Orleans. Plenty of teams that need quarterbacks out there. I just It's just shocking to me that they, again, when the lights shine brightest on Green Bay, they're unable to um, – they're unable to – 
you know, ultimately overcome that and come out with victories in, in the brightest lights. They lose to the Giants. They lost last year against Tampa Bay. And Green Bay has played a real – they remind me of the Jazz. Real solid regular season team. Might be a one seed, two seed, three seed. But when they come to playoffs, they're not, they're not winning games. Um, and it's just extremely disappointing for the Green Bay fan base because it's just like, oh, you know, we're doing great this regular season. But then when they get in the playoffs, it's a flop. You got to give San Francisco's team a prop. Like I said before, running uh, a run game and good defense can really, uh, you know, be to your benefit in the playoffs. And I feel like for San Francisco that occurred. Unfortunately, it didn't work for uh, the Titans because uh, the Bengals had just as good as a defense here. But San Francisco's defense played lockdown on Green Bay's offense. And uh, they have a real shot at making a Super Bowl. I mean, last week, if y'all were listening – my Super Bowl prediction, San Francisco and Buffalo. Still have a shot with that, man. San Francisco went and got rid of Green Bay. My dad and my brother, they said Green Bay was going to win. What happened? San Francisco took the dub. So let's see, man. Let's see. It should be a very interesting conference finals. It looks like it'll be LA and San Francisco rematch from Week 18, which San Francisco pulled out in overtime. But I'm excited to see what happens in this Buffalo and Kansas City game. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Drink break. I'm curious to see what, if Josh Allen can overcome the curse of the Kansas City Chiefs. They eliminated them last year in the playoffs. Is this the year that Buffalo could go on to the conference finals? You will see Kansas City's a little banged up. Defense has played better, but who knows? This Kansas City scene doesn't seem as dominant as they were the past couple of years. Um, and this could be Buffalo's year. I think it's Buffalo's year. Uh, I think to show they, they what they did against the Patriots was just they put their foot down and, re- and told them, hey, we are the big boy team now. We're the big brother team in this division. We want to be up there with the best of the best. And that's what they're going to try and show in this last game. Tampa Bay just scored a field goal to cut the lead to 27-6. to Tampa Bay down by 21 points. I don't know if they're going to be able to come back from that. Their offensive weapons are extremely lacking. LA's offense is just too dynamic. You got to guard Odell, Cooper Cup, Cam Akers, and Tyler Higby. That's just a little too much for a defense to do. Uh, but... It, it should be an interesting battle between San Francisco and the Rams if the Rams do end up pulling this off. Um, and let's see what happens with Buffalo and KC. That's probably the game of the week. Everyone's looking forward to that. It should be a high-scoring game. I would say a 48-42 type of game. Well, I got Buffalo hanging through, though, man. Let's see if they can. From the NFL, now we move on to the NBA uh, with uh, New York. Are we here? Because it certainly seems like they weren't. I went to the Knicks game on Tuesday where they played the Minnesota Timberwolves. Coming off the second game of a back-to-back, they lose terribly to Charlotte. Miles Bridges torched them for 32 points without LaMelo Ball at that. And the Knicks offense just looked inept. Uh, Too much isolation, not enough passing. People standing around the perimeter. The three wasn't going down. This team wasn't, you know, playing hard. And it just seemed like this team just... I ran out the gym by Charlotte. Went to the Minnesota game. They were down by 10 in at halftime. They come back, take the lead, go up, I think, by nine themselves, and they just couldn't close it out at the end. Yes, there were some controversial foul calls in which after the game, it was acknowledged that these refs had gotten them wrong. Offensive foul should have been called on D'Angelo Russell on a loose ball that R.J. Barrett stole. Carranty Town should have been called for an offensive foul on his game-winning bucket. Uh, I think Everfornia got fouled on the shot as well. It's just... But when you're relying on the ref to make a right call in order to win a game, that's how you end up losing games, and that's what happened for the Knicks, unfortunately, in that game. And then they played a lowly New Orleans team, and then Jose Alvarado, shout-out to the guy from Christ the King, man. Um, He... Went out and put on a show, had, I think, four steals, uh, you know, played great defense, scored 13 points, four rebounds, four assists. He had himself a great game in front of his family, friends, 
uh, former coaches, you know, he, you got to give the guy props. You know, he said, you know, playing in garden is a dream and the Knicks just didn't play like a, a great team and they're a mediocre team. And let's, you know, I think it's hard for Knicks fans to really realize it. I think it took me a while to realize it, but this team isn't really going anywhere. Let's be honest. The way it's constructed now. Yes. You got some nice pieces in the quicklies and the RJs, and the, you know, and, and the top ends and maybe Quentin Grimes, but, you know, you don't have no superstars on this team. Julius Randle's a wannabe superstar who, you know, if he doesn't, if shots are not going his way or fouls aren't going in his favor, he turns into a big baby on the court and he gets irritated really fast and, you know, doesn't want to talk to anybody, doesn't want no high fives from teammates. He just, you know, uh, secludes everyone out. And it's just not a thing by a leader of an organization you want. Uh, Nick's got fined $25,000. For Julius Randle not even speaking to media after the game, it's extremely embarrassing for the Knicks organization when your highest played player is playing, is having this type of attitude on the court, off the court. It's just not good. The guy has gotten, you know, MVP talks, and I get it, you're mad with fans, but that's what happens when you play like crap. Welcome to New York City. Like, I don't know why you don't, you can't have this realization, you know, as a, as a player, as a top player on the team. You got to realize where you're at. And yes, you appreciated all the praise that Knicks fans gave you last year, but you got to be with us through the ups and downs. You can't just stick your thumbs down, curse at us, say F you, shut the hell up, you know, to us when you guys are playing like crap and you deserve it. You know, when you're ISOing the ball, getting double team, and you decide last minute I want to pass it up and it ends up being a turnover. But you can't blame us, Randall. You can't. We cheer. We have every right to cheer or boo. You know, people playing hard-earned money to watch you guys play, and then when you're playing inept, they have the right to boo. And Julius Randle has forgotten to realize that. So, I mean, they won today. It was a great game by Barrett, great game by Randle. They both scored over 20 points. Uh, and usually when they do that, they're I think they I believe they're 4-1 now with this win over the Clippers. So it hasn't happened often with both players score over 20. But when they do, they are a great team. Um, you know, they got to win. They needed it. They got a tough schedule coming up, playing the Cavs, playing Milwaukee. Um, I forgot who else they're playing. Um, I'll get that information. But it, it's a tough stretch coming up for the Knicks. They lost three straight, and that, that wasn't good. They, You know, they're one game under 500 now. They got the Cavs. They got Miami. And then they got – um. Milwaukee on Friday. Then they go on to play Sacramento, Memphis, and the Lakers. So they have a tough schedule coming up, man. And, you know, you got to see what's ultimately going to happen with this team as the Knicks try to, you know, fight for another playoff spot. Hopefully not to be in the play-in. They're shooting for that sixth seed. But as the team is at as of right now, it's just I don't know if this team is anything but a playing team unless they make any type of upgrade. Maybe at center, Mitch Robinson, every time he hits the floor, you're scared that he's injured. Yeah, I, I know he tweets and likes to post on Instagram. He's fine. But my guy, like you cannot, we cannot, you know, you make a good play and then you, you, you're falling on the floor and you're injured and we got to take you out and put in, you know, Taj Gibson, no offense, Taj, one of them, you know, he's going to go down as a Knicks legend, even though he hasn't been here for a couple of years. The man fights and he plays hard. And, you, you know, you can't have a fragile center. You know, we got two centers that, you know, only just mainly alley-oop and have small hands that can't really catch passes. So we need more from our centers. Uh, Miles Turner, yes, he's injured right now, but uh, upgrade at center would be great. Um, and then an upgrade at point guard. You can't really rely on Alec Burst, who's unreliable. He's not a point guard. He's more of a wing. You're putting him in a point guard position. Campbell Walker with his knee is very questionable. And when he has been in there, uh, the Knicks haven't played so great. I would look to trade Walker at this point. He just doesn't fit with this Knicks team, unfortunately. Uh, Rose is hurt, and you can't trust him to play 35 minutes for you right now. He's a 20 to 25-minute guy, even after coming back from the ankle injury. So, and again, we saw that in the playoffs where he he looked tired. He unfortunately looked tired. And that was to the Knicks. Uh, it was not to the Knicks' benefit. So, uh, let's see. Let's see if the Knicks can turn it around here. Uh, you know, they have a tough schedule. They got the second hardest schedule of the rest of the season. 
So let's see how they're able to react to that. Last thing I wanted to dabble into was the NBA standings. So I wanted to discuss a little bit on the NBA. You know, I watch a lot of NBA games, uh, and I know I only talk New York side of it when it comes to this podcast, but I play a lot of 2K, so I know every player. You know, I watch I watch the games that are available to me. I don't got NBA League Pass like that, but I could tell you who are contenders and who are pretenders at this point in the NBA. Nets, solid 29-16 and 16 in first place. Ultimately, what's up with them is if if Kyrie, you know, Kyrie's only playing road games. If they could get Kevin Durant healthy, them three with him and Harden and Kyrie, you know, it's one of the most unguardable tandems in the league. The Bulls are dealing with a whole bunch of injuries with Caruso being out, Ball being out. How is that going to impact their season? Um, they're a half game behind the Nets for the first seed. You got the Heat that have played extremely well. They're getting, again, you got to give props to Eric Spolcher, man. As a coach, he always brings up these random players you never heard of who play big minutes and do big things for the team. So they're doing it now with their their Max Strausses, the Gabe Vincents, the, oh, I forgot the guy's name on Miami's team, man. Uh, I got to find his name. I'll find it for you guys. Uh, you, you know, with Bam, led by Bam and, and Jimmy Jimmy Butler, you know, you got to give these guys props, man. Bam had 20, 11, and 4 against Portland not too long ago. Uh, oh, Omer, Omer, you're, you're 7. Real solid player, man. Double-double machine for Miami. I would be worried about Miami. I would not want to play them in a the first-round series. They're projected to be the 3 seed, so whoever's 6 seed. If the Knicks end up being 6 seed, would have to play a tough Miami team. We'll see how the Knicks uh, play against Miami as they'll play them this week. I think they played them close every single game last year, but wasn't able to win not one single one against Miami. You got the Bucks, the reigning defending champions. Uh, as the Bucks, uh, the, not those Bucks, but the uh, Buccaneers score a touchdown. And they can uh, cut the lead to 14 with the whole fourth quarter left. Let's see. I don't know, man. Let's not sleep on the Tampa Bay, apparently. Um, but the Milwaukee Bucks, they've, you know, they've hung around. They've dealt with their own injuries. You know, Giannis is a beast, man, and he's going to be one of the greatest players uh, in the NBA for a while. And, you know, you can't count him out. Chris Middleton has been shooting the lights out this year. Drew Holiday is another solid player, most under one of the most underrated players in the league. Uh, the surprise team, the Cavaliers, Playing extremely well by Garland and their bigs, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Uh, Knicks will take get a taste of them on Monday. Um, you got the 76ers who are trying to keep their relevancy going on with the Just Embiid. You know, they have a lot of slow, older players on their team. I don't know how far they can get in the playoffs ultimately, but, you know, hey, Embiid is one of the greatest players we have in the league right now, so he's carrying his team. You got the Hornets. Real live um, young team that can, you know, is playing ridiculously out of their minds right now. They like to run up and down the court. LaMelo and Miles Bridges, you got to watch out for that duo. Raptors playing, you know, 6'6 six, six and above. You're starting, you know, with the OGs, uh, Adenobis, the Pascal Siakams, the, uh, the Precious Achuas, you know, of the where the Gary Trents and Fred Van Fleet have been, you know, dominating opponents. Uh, they're in the eighth seed right now. Wizards have played surprisingly. Kyle Kuzma has been playing extremely well for them. Celtics have been kind of a disappointment, along with the Knicks and Hawks. Those are the three disappointments in the East. But yeah, it's going to come down to the wire with teams. You know, the 11 seed is only seven games behind the first seed at this point. So it should be interesting how this how this goes uh, for the West. I'm going to go over it really quickly. Uh, the Suns at first see, you know, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. They were in the, you know, the finals last year. So you expect them to be playing well. Warriors at second seed at 33 and 13. You know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson still getting his his feet wet in the league. You know, he's still trying to catch up, you know, as regards to his stamina, you know, and him being on the court more often, trying to get his shooting range back up there. He still has been pretty solid. It's just amazing to see him back on the court. Uh, Memphis with John Morant, man. It, it's They've been the most shocking team in the West, in my opinion. They've been playing extremely well. Uh, they're 32-16 and 16 at this point, only five and a half games behind the Suns for the first seed. It's just shocking to see the jump that they've made. You got the Utah Jazz in four seed. Again, a more of a regular season team that the Green Bay Packers in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell still, you know, I wonder if he, he's a player to watch, I would say, for a trade potentially at some point. Mavs at the fifth seed. Another person, Luka. 
You know, when are you just going to let Luca just be, you know, it's just Luca on this team at this point. Porzingis can't stay healthy. And you got former Nick role players as, you know, as your role players in the Tim Hardaways, the Reggie Bullocks, the Frank Nilakinas, the Trey Burks. You need more than that to build around this Dallas team. You know, if, if Luca had another star around him, I think this team would be a top three seed every year. Easy. Uh, Nuggets, 23 and 21. You know, Jokic and the Nuggets have had a lot of injuries as well. Uh, but they, you know, there'll be a matchup problem in the playoffs. Uh, Lakers, most disappointing team this year. They have a lot of old heads on their team. Russell is not playing well at all. Anthony Davis has been hurt. Same story, different year for the Lakers. LeBron is playing out of his mind, even at his age 36 season. Uh, Timberwolves, surprising AFC. They're sticking around here with Cat, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell. This is a team that should be making the playoff with the talent they have. But it's all about consistency and keeping these players on the court, which they haven't did in the past couple years. Let's see if the Timberwolves can do that this year. Um, and then you got the Clippers and the Trailblazers. Clippers missing Kawhi and, and Paul George. And the Trailblazers are missing Lillard for some time here. But that's my little dabble into the NBA. Uh, currently, the NBA update, trade deadline, and All-Star week is coming up. So let's see what happens if that can shift the gears uh, for these NBA teams. But uh, that's all I have for this week's episode of the pod. Again, I appreciate you guys tuning in for Chapter 13, the lucky one. I hope you guys enjoy your week. Be safe out there. Get this money. And I'll speak to you guys next week. Peace out.